0: All right, Potomatic, sounds good. Thanks for joining me, everyone. And now let's go live. All right. Okay, thanks for joining me, everyone. Charles Moskowitz here. Welcome to the program. Samuel Ronan is with me. He is a president of, running for, I should say, the presidency of these United States, and he's running as a Republican for the nomination Uh, of the Republican Party. Sam, thanks for joining me today. Well, Sam, before we get into discussion of the issues, I need to ask a couple of horse race questions, if you don't mind. Okay, so why then the Republican Party? I mean, you have a former president of the United States and an ambassador to the UN. Um, I've looked at your platform Uh, On first glance, you don't strike me as necessarily a Republican sort of a a candidate. In a way, it might be more appropriate as a Green candidate. So why Republican? Why not run as a Green or why not run as an Independent? I see. mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I've heard that about Eisenhower, and I'm not sure that um, that kind of a tax increase is going to be effective, because in this economy where you have uh, multinational and global companies, they're not going to pay that tax. they will just shift it over to the Cayman Islands, and the um, the people that are going to get stuck for, you know holding the bag are going to be middle-class people and lower middle-class people. That seems to be what happens. But Maybe you might have a program that could address that. But putting that, I want to ask you about some other issues you take. You, you talk about police reform, and your position on that strikes me as somewhat of a nationalization of policing. Is that the case, and what is your vision with regards to policing?
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. You go over the next county, over the next state, over.
0: my, my. Okay. All right. So then your position on on, um, national policing is not literally to have a national police force. It's more just have national standards to regulate local policing. Is that right? Well, yeah, that's what I was getting at because, I mean, that's a hallmark of an authoritarian regime to have a national... And the American tradition has always been that policing is local and that the highest law enforcement officer in the land is the county sheriff uh, where, where the regulation takes place. So that that's an interesting uh, position. Now, your, quest, your issue on the border crisis, you seem to be somewhat conservative on this. What is your vision with regard to the present condition, which is essentially opening the border and allowing up to a million uh, illegal aliens to just simply cross into the country and get a free cell phone and a check, and they're told to come in and and appear a year from now, and then they just disappear into the firmament, including over 100,000 unaccompanied children. What's your position on that?
2: mm-hmm
0: right. So, no, I mean, but the I guess that uh, the underlying question on that is, first of all, it seems like you want to legalize immigration and make legal immigration more prevalent, which I think is a good position. However, um, the numbers of immigrants, um, what is your position on that? Because it seems to me that um, that ought to correlate with the ability of the economy to absorb immigrants as opposed to um, Americans uh, getting jobs first in an economy that's not that's um, you know somewhat um, stagnant right now. So, uh, w- what would you predicate the number of immigrants on? Yes. Mm-hmm. hmm Right. And you seem to embrace somewhat of a nationalist position in the American tradition, going back to um, Henry Clay and and Alexander Hamilton and and and, Fra- and Franklin D. Roosevelt also. This idea of massive national infrastructure projects, one that I heard that's quite interesting is to divert the Great Slave Lake in Canada and the massive river, which dumps trillions of gallons of fresh water um, every week into the Arctic Circle, and to bring, it, bring that by, uh, by pipeline into the western part of the United States, which is experiencing a drought. And, and other innovative ideas that used to be the American hallmark, yet building the Erie Canal in its day was very progressive. It was something that hadn't been done at that level. So, you know, that to me sounds good. I mean, that's classic Republican thinking going way back to the 19th century. And I know that uh, Trump's tried to do some of that, but I don't know how effectively, but you really seem to take that on directly, which is interesting. Now, as, yeah, go ahead. As far as your, no, please, go ahead, Sam. No, no, that's a, that's, that goes to my next question and my next issue, which is foreign policy. You're a military man. You've been overseas. Um, President Trump stood for non-intervention, non-nation building, uh, you know, ending this policy that we've had going all the way back to the Wilson administration, which is a perpetual war for perpetual peace, as described by historian Charles, Charles Austin Beard. And uh, basically to put American interests first and to de-escalate, to get the NATO to pay its own way, to uh, support our allies, but not, not constantly be involved in these interventions. So I guess that your policy, what would that be with regard to America's stance via, via our allies in the world? Mhm. All right, and what is your position with regard to support for the state of Israel? Oh, okay. I mean, there's certainly in Boston. There's a lot of money being spent by, I don't know, this Muslim council with gigantic billboards saying "ceasefire now," and um, I, I would think that's supportable if it's a mutual ceasefire. That would mean that the uh, Hamas would have to stop firing missiles into Israel. So <laughs> I don't. It, it does. It seems very, you know, based on a track record, unlikely unless Israel completely removes their missiles. Um I, I want to talk a little bit about some of the social issues that always come up in a campaign. You know, as president, you have to sort of represent certain of these issues. I noticed that um Joe Biden is campaigning with gigantic uh billboards behind him saying, Bring back Roe, which of course is a reference to Roe versus Wade. I don't quite know how that can happen because the Supreme Court is a separate and independent entity. And they've already made that decision, whether we like it or not. So I guess that uh, in this regard, what is your position on abortion as it would affect the national government? Because right now it's more of a state issue. And also, where are you with gay rights and other women's rights? course. Right, no, there's medical reasons for abortion, and I think that the states that regulate abortion allow for that. The problem is that their rule, they, they need to iron out the the, the possibility that um, if there's a medical reason for an abortion, then a woman should get an abortion, um, and, and that there are doctors who are afraid to to do an abortion because the state has like a the heartbeat rule and the uh, you know and that kind of thing. Um, but but as a matter of public policy, I mean, yes, sure, personal choice. The, um, right now, the way it stands is that it is regulated by the states and that the people, it's very democratic in a way. Look, I mean, people elect representatives in their state to regulate abortion. Um, and I, I think that um, you seem to want to either have it be an individual choice which removes government altogether or do you want to have a national solution? It's okay.
1: Right.
2: Right.
1: Right.
0: Of course. Right, right. Uh, well, let me just, I, I, don't, I just want to bear down a little bit more here because you're being very political, which is fine. You are a politician. Um, you are then calling for national policy to regulate abortion because right now, after Roe versus Wade, it's been seen as not constitutional for the federal government, um, other than, as you say, cases of outright murder, which, by the way, some of the radical pro-choice people support. Um, but yet you want to have the nation, the president, the Congress, the U.S. Supreme Court, all of our infrastructure to regulate abortion nationally and to remove that prerogative from the states, which of course would be, I suppose, another form of Roe versus Wade, except rather than have that be done by by a judiciary, you would have it be done by the president and by Congress. Is that right? Okay. And I think they are they are allowed by all states, except the problem is, as as I mentioned, that some doctors are as concerned that they might be charged with doing an elective abortion if they do one, which there is a legitimate reason, which is very rare, but it does happen. Uh, Sam Rodin is my guest. He's running for the presidency of these United States as a Republican. Uh, you talk about LGBTQ. What's your stand on the um, transgender surgeries for children?
1: mm-hmm hmm right
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's always that's always been done to with infants. I mean, but but really, the the uh, it seems like the social line is drawn with regard to protecting children and the innocence of children, and that includes not just you know castrations and hysterectomies for children, which is going on right now, right here in my own hometown of Boston, but but also. Uh, you know, gay porn in school libraries and schools and, you know, kind of other sort of propaganda. I mean, we want to protect our children from all of it because they're not old enough or they don't have enough wisdom or rat reason to understand these issues. I mean, we've always protected them from all sexual matters. Um, and that seems to be a major issue on the national stage culturally. I don't know so much if it's a presidential issue, it's more of a state issue. But, but would you have some sort of a uh, coherent national policy? Because you mentioned that you could use state federal agencies to coerce states to legalize abortion by withholding funds. Would you have a national policy with regard to these issues that I just brought up? Yeah, but I'm talking about these issues specifically, like um Exactly. Okay. But we need we don't need to know all the details. <laughs> Exactly. Well, that's that's it. I mean, it seems like it kind of borders. I know that it's a, it's a word that's controversial, but it does get into a question of grooming, quite frankly. And, you know, we, we need to take positions, I think, nationally on that. I mean, just on, in any sense, protecting children from all of it, because they're not old enough to, to, you know, a child physically, emotionally, mentally. They're children. They're not old enough to understand these issues, right? Mm Right, right. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more civics in class where you get young people can get a copy of the U.S. Constitution and understand it. And I thought there was an interesting proposal by Congressman Shadeg of Arizona years ago to basically put all legislation online and have none of it exceed more than three pages so that it can be viewed and debated in civics classes by high schools. And we could actually get to understand how our government works, not to mention, get rid of some of this graft and loopholes that are enriching, you know, various special interests. Um, So Sam Ronan is my guest. He is running for the presidency. Uh, Sam, as we sort of move toward wrapping it up, I'd like to ask you a little bit about your ground game. Um, Are you getting, how are you expecting to compete in the primaries? How are you getting out your vote? What is your street team like? what happens after the primaries if you if you don't succeed are you going to be going for the, forward into the general election Gotcha. É, uh-huh. eu Would you be endorsing the nominee for the Republican Party? Okay. Sure. Yeah. No, look, I think what you're doing is very interesting, and that's why I've had you on. I I like the idea of of the citizen candidate uh, stepping up and running for office. I did it myself in Massachusetts when I ran for Congress. And it's a very interesting experience because whether you win or not, you do get to knock a couple of issues over the plate and you do raise the awareness of these issues in the mind of the public, which can very much change our our culture and the course of the nation. So I applaud you for doing what you're doing, Sam. I hope other people consider doing it. Uh, Let my viewers and listeners know how they can reach you and how they can contribute or help. Excellent. Sam, listen, thanks so much for joining me. Let's stay in touch and keep me posted as things develop. Thank you. All right. All right, Sam, thanks a lot. Um, this I'll send you a link and you can post it on YouTube if you'd like. And you bet. I think you sent me something earlier, so I should have that and uh, yeah, I'll send you the, I'll send you a clip of this and you can then post it. Great, thank you. All right, take care. All right, thanks so much. Listen, I wanna just apologize to TikTok in that uh, because of feedback, I couldn't get, I had away headphones so you couldn't hear the, the other side of the interview, you can only hear my side. I really sorry about that. Um, that's a technical issue. I don't quite know how to address that. Maybe somebody might have a suggestion, but um, if you wanna hear the entire interview, you're welcome to go to my Rumble channel, Charles Moskowitz Live on Rumble. Um, where you can hear Sam Ronan inside uh, Also, Sam will be posting the show on his own YouTube channel. And uh, so that that's where that is.